0: Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ETM.
1: I think one of the biggest things I learned is hustle does not equal productivity.
0: Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So, come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Ah, hustle culture. I've never really been a fan, but it's hard not to get sucked down the drainpipe of thinking you always have to be working. Because you know what that leads to? Just complete and utter burnout. So, this episode, it's going to get pretty personal if that's okay with you, if you allow it to go there. I'm in my 40s and I hit a time in my late 30s when I just wanted to pack it all in, move to a deserted island, and never have to work again. Tina Wells, author of the new book, The Elevation Approach, she hit her burnout at an early age of 27. She was tired of hustling and had to figure out a way to get in touch with herself and figure out what really mattered. What she crafted was the system to find true work life harmony, her elevation approach of preparation, inspiration, recreation, and transformation. Since then, Tina has been all about productivity. She's written 16 books, she has a line at Target, was producer of Oprah's Super Soul 100, and that's just a few things she's actually accomplished. So in this episode, we unpack what it would look like to be elevated, aka to have true work-life harmony, so you don't have to crash and burn, but instead, you can have a system to achieve all your work and personal goals. I just say, all right, sign me up. I'm right there. I'm ready. All right, I'll let Tina take it from here, but first, just a quick reminder to head on over to Apple Podcasts or the link in the show notes to leave a review and a rating for the show. We have this big goal of hitting a thousand reviews, and I need your help to get there. You're the best. All right, let's start talking. Uh, I already know we're going to be friends because you are a fish taco lover, and I think tacos might be my spirit animal. So I can already tell that we're in good company
1: here. Yes, I will tell you one of my favorite things to do when I'm traveling is like try to identify the best fish tacos wherever I'm going. So
0: but I will tell you, I
1: haven't done better than the Jersey Shore, so I'm definitely a Jersey girl. <laughs> Still, I think every I think everything's better at the Jersey Shore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the tagline. I love it. <laughs> well, you have this amazing background. You are a business strategist an advisor, author of 16 books, founder of a media company. You've got a line at Target, and you're a really an expert at helping people find work life harmony, which I think is the goal that we're all trying to do, some of us more successfully than others. So, I mean, just to start us off, like, is it possible? Can we actually find this thing called work-life harmony?
1: Uh, A thousand percent, yes. I always like to start off by saying when someone reads my bio, like, and they talk about how many books I've done. You know, I always like to start off with the proof point that I've done 14 in three years, right, which is a lot, uh, you know... (laughs) Um, and I feel lighter than I ever have in my career. You know, I talk in my book about burning out at 27. And I think that it's a 1,000% achievable to, to create harmony. But I think the only way to do it is to get in touch with yourself, kind of re-engage with yourself and with what you really want, and to then go through a process of figuring out what really matters. And I think that's what I really had to learn uh, to do learn to prioritize in a real way, not the way other people tell you to create priorities, but really focused on what I considered a priority. And once I was able to do that, I could then figure out how to create that harmony.
0: And that word burnout, You know, I've talked about this on a couple of different episodes. It feels like we're just sort of ingrained that we're supposed to get to a point of burnout. It's just so crazy to me that it's sort of the societal norm I mean hopefully people like you are out there you know changing that that message because people are really I mean we're really burning out
1: yeah I think not only are we really burning out I think we were burning out before the pandemic right I think we all were just going 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 full speed ahead I think then when we all had to collectively stop and it was a very long pause if you think about how long we Kind of were removed from our normal life. It was a really long time, you know, and now we're just kind of finally getting back to things the way that they were. Yet we've changed. And so we were at rest in a way, you know, we were living and working a very different way. We started to think about what would my life be like if I weren't commuting an hour each way every day? What if I got that two hours back? What would that feel like? And so I think we're just all in a very different place, yet we are supposed to go back to things the way they were. And I think where you're seeing that, right? That's why you have quiet quitting, loud quitting. You have all these different things happening because everyone's like, I don't want to live that way anymore.
0: Yeah. It was interesting during the pandemic, you know, when people would talk about as we're coming out or whatever year we define as coming out of the pandemic, but people would say like, oh, I'm so excited for things to get back to normal or to go Mm -hmm. back to, you know, normal routines and I'm over here saying like normal. I mean, A, I don't think we go back to a place of normal. And was that normal even really good? Or is it just like the comfortable place that you sort of operated your life in? And so it feels weird to kind of be outside of that. But we, my husband and I, we would always laugh at like when people are like, oh, I just want to
1: go back to normal. It, it's interesting. I think one of the biggest things I learned is hustle does not equal productivity. And I think we really got used to a, a culture of hustle. What I think we need to get used to is a culture of productivity. And how you get there can look very different for everyone, right? You, I, I know people who are like, my team just needs to get things done. I don't care where you are. I don't care where you live. I care about deliverables. You know, I think that we need to really move towards being a more deliverables-focused, you know, society and saying, how do we all show up and do our best work and then back into... What leads to creating the best work product? So, talking about that, you
0: you have this new book out. You, your strategy is all about something you call elevation approach. You say it's your unique foolproof method to take action, or reach your biggest goals, while finding harmony between work and life along the way. I mean, that sounds fabulous. <laughs> I love that. I'm signing up. I'm signing up for that. And you break it down into these four different phases. I'd love to just. Dive a little bit into these phases. Have you tell us a little bit about them? How we could start, uh, you know, grasping the elevation approach in our lives. So take us through through step one. You call preparation.
1: Yeah. So I will preface this by saying, you know, I'm going to come back to where I was when I burn out at 27. Right. I started a company at 16, burned out by 27. So I realized I had like mastered half of the elevation approach at that point burnout and I'm going to tell you how I brought it all together. So the first phase is preparation. It's followed by inspiration, recreation, and then transformation. So in preparation, I I I am very good at prep. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are very good at this, right? It's when you decide you want to do the thing, right? Whatever the thing is, plan a big trip, launch a new business, you do all the prep work behind it. You figure out the numbers, if it's viable, if it's feasible, right? That's the preparation phase. In inspiration, That is where I would socialize, right? That's where you take it on the road and you start talking to people who've done it before to see, is this feasible? What led to my burnout was I was in a constant loop of of preparation and inspiration. i come up with a big, big idea, go talk to people, socialize, socialize, get super fired up, go iterate again. And I was like stuck in this loop of busyness, right? Or hustle, and nothing was ever coming together. You know, when I started to incorporate Recreation, which is really, as it sounds, that idea that you need to insert some fun, some rest, some play. I realized during that time where I was resting or having fun, right, my mind was going and things were being put together. I wasn't physically doing work, right, but I felt like a lot of stuff was happening. And then all of a sudden I get to a place where I'm like, got it. Now I know how I'm going to get to the finish line. And that was the game changer for me. That's how you get to 14 books in three years, right? Is the idea of like, you need to pause, right? I was getting, what I realized is when I was burning out, I was burning out because I was just taking in tons and tons of info and I didn't have a process to distill, to filter, to then Make improvements and then bring it to the finish line. So, if you imagine, I was like going in a loop, but never really ever crossing a finish line. And so that was just such wasted energy, you know?
0: Yeah, it's like the hamster in the wheel, right? You're just going around and around. And (laughs) I think we all probably can relate to that at some point in our life. I know I've definitely been the hamster in the wheel you know, many, many times. And I think it, it comes back to, to money, you know, the, the the theme of the show that we're talking about here, where, where do you see money? Where do you see money? You know, I don't know, getting stuck, like getting in the way of people being able to kind of move through these four different phases so that they can achieve their goals.
1: Yeah. So in the preparation phase, I've included, so you don't just have these big moves into the next phase, right? I give you these instant elevation principles that help you continue to move through. So like in preparation, the three instant elevations are, you know, declutter your space, get curious, and know your numbers. And when I talk about the idea of knowing your numbers, I think when we, you know, we lived through a period where so many financial gurus came, right, and they said it's all about money, it's all about money, it's all about money. It is absolutely so critical, but I also need to know how much I'm sleeping, how productive I am. Like there are a lot of numbers that are really important. And what I'll say about money is, I want to teach you how to make your goal attainable to reach it, and a big part of the process is being a hundred percent honest, a thousand percent honest with yourself, right? So. If you want, there's a great, I just read this great, I think it was New York Magazine. Um, They did this amazing issue about how people said they wanted to live in New York and what that really, in reality. Yeah, it was incredible, right? So, my point in saying that is like they didn't even realize how much the lifestyle they thought they wanted was going to cost, right? And I think it is incredibly important if you're saying, I wanna achieve a goal, I wanna own this house to be a 1,000% clear on what that is going to cost and what effort it's going to take to achieve the life you want, right? Because then again, you're still a hamster on the wheel. And now I move to a place where I'm really clear and saying, I, need, I want to make X amount of dollars, and this is exactly what I'm willing to do to make X amount of dollars. So you might present an option to me that, that I can make more. And I would say, what's my work-life harmony look like if I want to do that? what do I get to have if I do that, right? And many of us will make those decisions for many reasons, right? Aging parents, okay, I'm willing to take that on if I can take care of my family, do certain things. But I think it's incredibly important to be honest with yourself about the money you want to make and what you're willing to do to make it. I have friends who tell me up front, Tina, I would never want to be an entrepreneur. I do not have a tolerance for risk. I need a steady paycheck. I don't want to just throw caution to the wind. That's not for me, right? There are people, everyone, I think we went through a time where everybody thought they had to start their own business, right? Right. All, everybody needed, it's like, if that's not you and you also, there's, there's a path for everyone. But again, I keep going back to this idea that you have to be really honest with yourself.
0: How do you evaluate, you're talking about you know goals and being honest with yourself, but how do you evaluate whether a goal is like feasible for you, whether it's something that is like, you know, they always say like, shoot for the moon, you know, come up with like, you know, the, the biggest thing you can think of. But then when it comes down to like going through these four phases and really thinking about like, how would I actually achieve the goal for a lot of of people? It's like, well, I'm, that's probably not even possible for me. So like, how do you find that the balance even in, in the goals and kind of what you're aiming for?
1: Yeah, I think when you, like when I can articulate, right, so the first time I actually really successfully went through my process, which was about four years ago, right, where I really quite quit my agency, totally changed my work life, um, I started to say, like, I talk about work-life harmony as like creating your perfect meal. Only you know what that dish is. Only you know the flavors that work and don't work. So I feel like when I got to Tina's ideal meal, right, if you bring me something and I'm like... If I add that flavor, what's it going to do here, right? So I want to add that ingredient or not. Am I going to like the change? It's like, do you want the cilantro? Do you not? You know what I mean? I'm like, what's going to happen here if I add this? And that's now how I consider every opportunity. What will it do to my work-life harmony? How is it? Go- is it going to be additive? Is it going to subtract? Am I going to like it? Is it a change for a short period of time? You know, there are times when I was like, you know what? I want to travel and I want to do this and I want to do that. And so I'm willing to work X amount of hours and have X amount of side gigs to do what I want to do. Now, probably not so much. You know, now I'm like, I do a lot of creative stuff. I need to be in that zone. What does that look like? I'm willing to give up some other stuff. And so, again, it's a constant conversation though. And that is, I think, where some of us might be challenged is we're we're raising kids and we're taking care of parents and we're going and we're meeting work goals and we're not taking that time to say, "Am I happy? Am I, am I on track? Am I meeting what I want to meet?" And that is a really important part of this process.
0: And I think another thing that's really important in what you're saying is that obviously we know that money is important. It's important ingredient. It's how we live our lives. But you know, it's not cliche to say that it just can't be. It can't be everything. You know, for me, there was a big switch. I spent twelve years working with clients one on one. And, you know, I would see like we could we could come up with like the greatest plans for you, the greatest plans to help you achieve your goals financially, whatever it might be. But if there isn't a motivation to change, if you don't understand your your relationship with money, and kind of how that comes into play, you don't balance it at all with, you know, having some fun and, and doing some things that are that are recreational, that get that get you to relax, that kind of get you out of that frame of thinking of just striving, 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 uh, you, you, you know, you you don't achieve your goals. They're just kind of like sitting on on a piece of paper. So I, I was wondering, you know, the the sort of emotional aspect of goals. How do you attach like your why or your you know something that's like really strong motivating factor that is going to get you to actually
1: create the change. Yes. I mean, I can tell. It's like you've read my book. <laughs> right? So we talk about moving closer to yes. Right? That's the first thing I say. Like, we're not going to do any of this. We're not going to uh, adopt an approach or a process to try to change our lives if we don't know why we want to do it. Right? And it's not because I'm telling you to do it. Right? You have to have something in your life that you're like, I want my life to look like this. And there, and I'm willing to do X, Y, and Z to get there. Right? And that's a really important thing for, for everything to identify, why are you doing it? You know, I know every time I'm doing something for work, what, like what I am doing it for and why it matters. and And it can be different things, right? With my middle grade fiction, it's really because I want to increase the diversity of, you know, characters in middle grade fiction. I want all children to see characters that look like them and relate to those stories in some way. And that's incredibly important to me. And so I know... Why I get up and write and do those things. You know, when I'm make, working on a product line at Target, I want to delight, I want to equip and inspire their customers. And I go through thinking, okay, this is like, I am really grateful and I am really blessed to have this experience to create product and to serve people in this way. And I love doing that. So, if, again, if I want to continue doing that, what, what do I have to say no to, right? But it is, you have to be self-motivated to, to start anything, right? And so I think it's important to constantly go back to this is why I'm doing it. I think checking in on your calendar, looking at your calendar and saying, does this calendar reflect how I've committed to myself that I'm going to live my life? you know you can't let a month go by and you then say did i do what i wanted to do you know it's i look at my calendar every week what's going on this week i look at my calendar every day how am i going to live this day you know just to kind of reinforce oh you know what that's a really busy morning i got to make sure i've got some recreation in there i got to take a 15 minute pause you know so it's a constant flow of making sure i'm showing up for what i'm saying yes to
0: That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete.me. That's why I personally choose Delete.me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web. And in the process, helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for delete me now at a special price for my listeners today get 20% off your delete me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com/etm and use promo code etm at checkout the only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J-O-I-N-D e L E T E M E dot com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for twenty percent off. It's been interesting. I've been thinking about this a lot. I love to go on longer walks. I live in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, so there's a lot of nature. Incredible. And so I, I know I love to just kind of get out and you know look at the trees and kind of everything going by. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It must be just sort of the phase of life I'm in, but you know, I think in my in my twenties, maybe my very early thirties, there was like an emphasis on achievement, achieving things, doing things. You know, and then when I moved uh, my late thirties, like kind of very early forties, I was like, okay, wait a minute. I feel like the purpose of life is really just to figure out how I can be the best me. Like, how do I utilize my talents in the best way? How do I do things that, you know, make me excited? Like, how do I just be the best me every day? And I don't know. It's it it was just maybe other people think about it this way, but for me it was just kind of like a light bulb moment. I'm like, oh, okay, so I get to make the choices every day. I get to make the choices of how I think. I get to make the choices of what I eat and what I do and how I spend my time and what I think about and you know what I'm what I'm passionate about and what I'm working towards, and it's not just, um, it's not just about achieving things. I don't know. I'm kind of jumbling here, but you know, I'm wondering if like any of this resonates with you. This idea of just, you know, really kind of like rooting in yourself and trying to figure out who you are and and how you go and just you know, be the best you in the world.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're exactly correct. And what I often always love to add for people who who might read the book and say, but I'm not in control of my life. I work a nine to five. I really try to highlight some things in the book that you can do, right? So it's like, yes, you may not control what happens in those eight hours. Take control of your commute. Turn it into a time to get inspired, right? Like find five minutes, five, 10 minutes. For for those busy moms who are like, I get up and I feel like I don't stop, you know, have the The conversation with your family where you say, you know what, mom is going to be so great, dad is going to be so great. If I can just have 10 minutes in the morning to do this, make my coffee, have a thing, then whatever you need, I'm here for you. You know, it's about owning what you can. And I think when you start by if if you take the approach of I can't, I can't, I can't, you never will. If you say, you know what, I'm in a place right now, I can't decide what happens. I can't tell you how often those of us who are entrepreneurs, we get in places, I'm about to go right back into a season where. Those emails are coming. I have to deal with them. I, I'm in manufacturing. There are global trade things happening. It is not fun. And I get, I am now starting a pre prep talk with myself. Right. <laughs> I'm like, go do this. Go have fun at the shore. Right. Go because you are going to be in it for 30 days. It's going to be hell. It's not going to be fun. You're gonna. And then I'm also starting during that time to say. Where am I popping in a dinner with friends? Like, where am I doing those things so that I can get myself through it, right? Because we all have challenges that we have to face no matter what. No one can prevent those things from happening. What I hope to give you is a toolkit. So when a challenge pops up, you're like, yes, the challenge is here. No, that's not going to be fun. But if I can just do a little more of this thing, Wordle, whatever it is, I'm going to get through that.
0: Oh, don't mention Wordle. It's like my nemesis.
1: it's a little game, a little funny. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, it just makes things a little bit lighter. We all deal with a lot of heavy these days.
0: Seriously. You know, one of the themes you you talked about just a little bit here in your book that really stood out to me is is curiosity. I I really love this. As a couple, uh, my husband and I, we kind of come up with words of the year and curiosity was one of our words this year. And we kind of always come back to like, well, let's be curious about this. Let's explore this. And you say to you know be curious when things get scary, which is really mm-hmm. interesting. You know, Tina, how do we approach how do we approach our money or or building our career, or building a wealth, whatever it is, our goals with a sense of of curiosity?
1: Um, I have found personally, um, you know, I'm someone who has I, a friend said this to me the other day. and I didn't even think about it this way. She's like, "Wow, you've only ever worked for yourself since you were 16. You have always provided your own paycheck." Wow, that's really scary. I'm like, yep, yes, it is. <laughs> I'm like, it's not like it's, never. <laughs> yes and the older you get, and the more responsibilities you have, and the more you think about making changes, it is scary. But what I have found is um, diving head on into those things, and then getting myself into a community of people where I can have some accountability and learn more. And so I'm the one that signs up for you know, the Dow jeans or something where I'm like, I need to constantly be in a place of going towards the thing I'm scared of. That just tends to work for me because I find that the more I learn, the more I'm like, that's not scary. And I'll tell you, um, I had to go through this and starting to do business with Target. You know, I became, I started a new company, became a vendor, didn't realize I was a manufacturer. And there were a lot of things I needed to understand. I didn't know what an LC was. I didn't know what GTS and all these terms were, and I would one, ask in meetings. I mean, this happened yesterday where I I said to my vendor rep, can I have a call with you? Because you send me sales reports every week and I don't know what these terms mean. And I think you have to be really open to saying, I don't know. Right. Um, I had a great professor at Penn who taught me the best line. I think everybody should adopt this. Like, I don't know, but I'm going to find out right? It's okay to not know the answer to something. So I think when it comes to our money, it's okay if you don't know or fully understand, but then don't run away from it. I think too often, I don't know, we're made to feel we have to be experts in everything and we shy away from the things we don't know or don't understand and then we dismiss them. Oh, that's dumb. That's not, you know, like think about when crypto first became a thing, people were like, that thing's not smart or NFTs. Instead, like that sometimes is the response versus well, I got to learn a little about it. Now you might learn about it and say it's not for me, but that be careful of just dismissing something on face value because you don't want to get a little curious and curiosity. You could say, "Oh, it's not for me," but I constantly try to challenge myself to say, "I don't understand this, and I need to learn a little bit more."
0: I think that's a great approach to have. I mean, that's I think the the meaning of curiosity, right? Is is exp- exploration and you know, trying to look at something from all of the different different sides. And I think, you know, curiosity, in my opinion, is like a great word to bring to your to your career and your work life and think about, you know, from a curious perspective, like you're talking about these four different phases, you know, is this something I really want to do? Is this something that excites me? Is there, you know, another, I don't know, something I want to try or take a course in or whatever it might be, but Rather than feeling, I think too often we feel just stuck. We feel stuck in where we're at or our career, and and then that the fear comes in of of making a change. And ah, I'm too old, or I'm too this, or I'm too that, or I don't have this, or I don't have that. And you know, we kind of just then just talk ourselves back. But I love this idea of approaching it from something that that's curious, and it's just kind of like looking at it from a different perspective.
1: Yeah. And I mean like you said I, the goal is to can get you practicing things that it just becomes second nature when something shows up and you're like oh my goodness I don't know how to do this oh my goodness my basement flooded what do I do right like get curious figure things out find out who's going to help you but also you know learn a few things so we're not so scared of everything as it approaches you know
0: So when you had this moment of of burnout and you had worked you know from from 16 on and you're you're like I can't I can't do this anymore do you remember or can you take us back to that moment when you decided okay something needs to change I need to do something different that I that I would assume became the basis for what you talk about in your book
1: Yeah I had a friend that was just like you we need to go on vacation and I was saying to friends at the time like oh I don't know I'm feeling off or it work's not and they're like oh yeah because you just you work too much you work 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 all you do is work and it became this conversation of like you need a vacation you need a thing and so um you know I Took the trip. I was like, "This feels great," but as most of us probably do before we learn our lesson, right? We start putting band-aids on things. So then I was like, "Oh, I'll go away every quarter. That'll be awesome." And it wasn't help, you know. Then I looked forward to the one week where I was still kind of doing work while I was traveling. So then I just became a person who traveled and worked, right? And so, (laughs) you know, it just that worked, you know, well as I thought for a long time. And I remember being at a retreat in Utah. Uh, of course, it was a work-slash-play retreat, as many of us do well, right? Um, and I remember having massage, and after I was talking to this really interesting massage therapist, and he's like, you know, I can tell you work out, that's great, but that does nothing for your stress. And I thought I, would like, figured out, right, the harmony piece. Right. And and now I know that my, you know, depending on the type of exercise I'm doing, it's probably more a part A preparation where there's some things or movement I'm doing that are very much about rest. And when I'm in those movements that are about rest, I have very different outcomes than when I'm like top of my day, getting the blood going and there's a different kind of movement. And so um, what I started to realize, like now people are like, you're doing so much, you're doing all these things, but I know what's important now and what I need to do so I don't get to burn out.
0: Plus, they will never sell your data to third-party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah, so in a, another topic from your book that I would imagine plays in here is this idea of making deposits before you make withdrawals. And so I I, I find this one, to use the word curious, very curious because it's it's about, you know, putting something in, right? First. Like we can mm-hmm. we can apply this to money, we can apply this to anything before you take the withdrawal out. And sometimes it takes a while for uh I don't know, for something to grow or compound or to to get bigger in order for you to be able to to take the withdrawal. But tell me a little bit about, like, how do we make these deposits? And then what do the withdrawals look like?
1: I think, you know, what I'll say is if you get to a place where you're feeling off, and I really talk about um, deposits and withdrawals as it relates to relationships, right? I feel like so many things and really the whole idea of Achieving work-life harmony comes down to relationship management, and what I've noticed is, you know, I may not want to do something, or I would feel a certain way, right, when I'm in the burnout phase, and I would then say to myself, "Oh, I really don't want to go to this event or this dinner or go see this person," and I'm always feeling like they're asking for something, and I'm not asking, and and it's just not the kind of relationship I want, right? So, going back to earlier in the conversation when we talk about deciding what you want, right, whether it's your money goals or anything, there's only so much energy we have, right? We're not making more, right? We've, we've got a certain amount of hours and time to do things. I'm asking you to really audit that, right? No no different than you have a set certain amount of money, you decide what you can do with that money, right? But when you are in the process of looking at, you know, all the different ways that the money, energy, time is moving then you're responsible for it, right? No different than like when you look at your account every day versus not looking at it ever. Like you're really aware every day of how much money is coming in and going out, right? And so getting yourself in that practice, right? You're accountable to that balance, right? And so I think, again, I'm writing something to help you do something. Not think about doing something, not maybe do something, but it's like you want to do it, here's your plan, right now you could decide after you go through the steps that you no longer want that thing you know and i think that's okay with your financial goals right to say i totally. thought i wanted to retire at this age i thought but it's the awareness and what i'm asking you to do is kind of get into a practice where you're fully aware and owning the decisions that you're making
0: yeah so let's talk about that that doing something so uh you know my husband he was at Target recently, he knew you were coming on the show, and he came home and he was like, "Oh my gosh, she's got a target line like i saw I saw her line in target. I'm so excited and you know I would imagine like being an entrepreneur and being a black woman, you talked about representation that you know reaching a big goal like target i mean that's that's
1: you doing something. What did that feel like uh I think going back to the deposits and withdrawals conversation uh like you you had said previously it was two years of making deposits and not actually knowing if I was going to be able to make a withdrawal, right? Like there's a whole process of, is it going to work? Is the idea going to work? You know, and I kept moving it forward and, you know, I was very lucky to, to land it and very lucky that, you know, the line got accepted and we got the business award and all of those pieces. And then it became about servicing the business, right? And I think, um, it's being in manufacturing, creating product is probably so different than what people think. I think it's like, it's ideas and colors and fabrics. It's like, that's like 10% of what I have to do, right? There's so <laughs> many other things that go into it. And let's not talk about responsible sourcing audits and all the other things that are like the not fun part. But again, back to curiosity, I'm a curious person. So I decided what I would said yes, it's like I'm signing up for all the other things and I'm going to get curious in all these other ways. And i have been most delighted, honestly, um, by how I've just had to open up my mind, right? And really, I was in marketing for so long and I I will always love marketing, but it is a skill set I've honed. I know how to do marketing. I knew nothing about global trade and manufacturing and I've learned so much in the last two years. And, you know, I think that goes back to deposits withdrawals. And then I would say, you know, the line itself is really designed to help people live the elevation approach every day, right? I created products that I hope bring work-life harmony to your life. I think as we're going into, you know, the shopping back to school season, I can't even, I feel like we're just ending the school year, but here we are very shortly in a week or so getting back into planning. You know, I hope for that season that people see these products as not just something to fill your dorm or your classroom, but products that really I, I want them to be pretty because I feel like we shouldn't have to go to a space to work that doesn't feel like the rest of our home. Right. I feel like beautiful items for your home should be really affordable. You know, I feel like if you want to carry a beautiful notebook, uh, my number one seller is my vegan leather journal. That's all about planning and creating the life that you want, right? So I feel like you should be able to take that with you. And at any point in time, you come up with an idea, you should be able to jot that down and have a beautiful tool to do that. And so it's really really um, fun to write the book and create the line at the same time so that they could really – Uh, coexist together. And I've since moved on to creating uh, some different product. And I I still love, I was very curious when I started working on my next project and my next line. And so uh, it's great to see it in stores. I have to tell you, I was thinking the other day, like, I have a few more months for this collection in Target. I need to get to a few more stores and see it. But it's also hard, right? As the creator, if I go into a store and it's like not properly set or something, I'll start to feel bad. So part of me is like, I want to go into the store but I want to not go into the store but the the process of creating it getting it to the shelf is just unimaginably fun.
0: Well you're just like this amazing living example of elevation approach and everything you talked about I think it's it's great to just sort of see it played out. You've reached so many big goals. You were also producer of Super Soul 100 for Oprah Winfrey Network. I hope she's a nice person. <laughs> She's Amazing! On my, like, you're who would better I than you would ever even dinner
1: think. <laughs> well, you are like you are really better oh, okay. than I, I love ever hear that. Would have thought you could be. This is unbelievable. Yes, <laughs> I love that. All right, fantastic.
0: That, then she can come to my dinner party. I'll I'll invite her anytime. Uh, you know what? What sort of pep talk do you have for for people like myself or anybody else listening who have these
1: big goals? And you know, do you have any like kind of words of inspiration for us? Yeah, it's. I mean, there's a reason I opened the book with the first principle of instant elevation around decluttering your space. I think that if you're like, I don't even know what to do, I don't even know how to start, just start with the act of decluttering something, right? It could be your kitchen island. It could be your bath, Like, it could be your bag. Like, you have to make a sign, right? That like, I am opening space for something new. Right. And just the act of decluttering, I think you start to become like, you know, we talk about moving closer to yes. And that, you know, if you feel stuck, that that is one thing that to me, I, I felt that way like a week ago. I'd come off of like doing tons of travel for weeks and weeks. I wasn't at home. I felt very disconnected and like I need to get in the zone. I knew that, you know, I have another big launch coming this fall. And then I started the thought of like, maybe I should do a bunch of things this summer. And I'm like, You know better. You know that's going to lean like lead to burnout. You need to have recreation, right? So I'm giving myself my own prep talk, you know, pep talk. And what I decided was, I just now looking back, I'm like, I had a whole like week or so of just decluttering. Like I just needed to start again, you know. And that always gets me on the right track. Now I'm focused. Now I'm like in the zone of doing what I need to do. I'm I'm going to do recreation properly. But I needed that reset, right? And sometimes. We just need a reset. It's not that we are totally lost from our goals. It's just we need a realignment. And anytime that comes up, find a way to declutter something. Right? Declutter your calendar. Clean out your inbox. You know, delete old photos you don't want. When you get there's something about releasing that stuff that you don't need that does open up some space for you to start to consider something new.
0: That's interesting because one of the things I tell people a lot when working on like relationship with money is. That our mistakes kind of keep playing out over and over in our head and they can keep us stuck. And so I go through this exercise um, where I have them write down, like I set a timer for 15 minutes. I want you to write down like every money mistake that you can possibly think of that you know you feel is is keeping you stuck. And when that 15 minutes is up, I want you to like reread that list. And then I want you to release. There's an act, like you're saying, of of Mm -hmm. releasing, of decluttering, of tearing it up, burning it, shredding it, throwing it away, whatever it is. But I think there's something really great that happens in your brain when you are, you know, for lack of a better word, decluttering, whatever it is that is kind of keeping you in, a, you know, a loop in the hamster wheel or maybe you're just stuck like creatively and you 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 know you you have like essentially like writer's block, you know, and you mm-hmm. you can't kind of move through. I think it's such an interesting an interesting tip. And yet it's like something that I feel is so overlooked because I think a lot of times people think like, oh, that's too easy. Like how could that possibly have any impact on me being able to achieve my goals? Yep,
1: exactly. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, we've talked about so much. I love this idea. I love, I love that you bring in this this rest component. It's it's something that I've been really passionate about the last couple of years. And sometimes I felt really guilty about it, like the, the guilt in like taking a breather or taking a rest or having a day where I say like, oh, I, I I just don't feel like I can work as much today, and then feeling like all the waves of guilt, like, well, wow, I've got so many things I should do, and I. I think it's just it's really important that we that we think about our life and our goals through these these four different components, these four different phases that you've laid laid out. But kind of as we close here, I'm wondering, do you have any like simple steps or any kind of action steps that we can take right now after we listen to this conversation so we can start to begin to elevate? I mean, we talked about decluttering, but are there any other things that we
1: can do to kind of move this conversation forward in our lives? Yeah, I mean, I give you lots of instant elevation principles in the book, but I would say the one I um – um always try to practice is the idea of creating your own rituals. You know, and I again they're unique to you once you know, you know, once you know your numbers and know what numbers you're accountable to, um, then you've got to set some rituals around that. And those will always kind of bring me back into harmony. And I know I notice like if I'm feeling off, I'm like, oh something in my ritual set is not hitting right now or I'm not doing it. And it could just be like I'm traveling a lot and I'm not seeing my friends as much as I'd want to or something it is off. And so you know, rituals really help and help bring you back into alignment. And I talk a lot in the book about different kinds that you can create and really figuring out what works for you. But again, the book is really an exercise in kind of getting to know yourself again, and where you are right now and what's important to you right now. And so just spend some time doing that. And I think if, if you do, you know, um, you will get to your version of what work-life harmony looks like. And the most important thing I would then say is, don't judge your process and don't judge what your outcome is and don't compare it to anyone else's. Your version of work-life harmony might look very, very different from what mine looks like.
0: Personally, I love the idea of a recreation stage in Tina's elevation approach. How many times have you gotten so laser focused on a goal that you forget life, you forget fun, and all you're focused on is achieving your goals? So I like to remember that Getting out in nature is good, like going for a walk, clearing your brain, doing something different. So you don't have this mental and emotional space that is foggy and cluttered and anxious and frustrated. So you can come back to your goal and hopefully you have some level of freshness or recommitment, if you will. I don't know. Give it a try. See how it changes things for you. You can pick up a copy of Tina's book, The Elevation Approach, anywhere books are sold And you can also get a special edition at Target that's got a bunch of freebies and added things in there that I know you're going to love. Tina's also got a ton of great info on her website, tinawells.com, if you want to connect and learn more about her. So if you enjoyed this episode, two favors. One, share it with a friend or family member and tell them why this elevation approach to work-life harmony is just going to change everything for them. And the second thing, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave an honest rating and review for the show. I really appreciate it. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode.